All right. So we're in um in Mark uh chapter nine. Um and uh again, when I'm reading, I'm reading from the NLT. And uh uh so let's just let's let's jump right in. Mark uh Mark chapter nine, verse one. It says, uh, Jesus went on to say, I tell you the truth. Some standing right, uh, standing here right now will not die before they see the kingdom of God, um, of God arrive in great power. And then we move to verse two. He says, six days later, Jesus took Peter, James, and John. This is an amazing uh, story, uh, account of what happened in Jesus' life. Uh, six days later, Jesus uh, took Peter, James, and John and led them up a mountain, a high mountain to be alone. As the men watched, Jesus, uh, Jesus' appearance was transformed, okay? This is what happened. So as they as they watched, Jesus' appearance was transformed. His clothes became dazzling white, far whiter than any earthly uh, bleach could ever make him. Then Elijah and Moses appeared and began talking with Jesus. Oh, my goodness. This is li- literally, again, we've got to remember that sometimes we look at some of this stuff and we think, oh, it's a cool Bible story. No, 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 no. This actually happened. It's an account of what happened. It's not a story. It's not a fable. It's not a tale. That he saw that they saw Jesus there. He started to become. He, uh, uh, they call this the transfiguration. He he began to transfigure and say they saw Elijah and Moses. Watch this, verse five. Peter exclaimed, "Because remember, Peter's always the one talking. He's always the one saying something, right?" Peter exclaimed, "Rabbi, uh, it's wonderful for us to be here. Let's make three shelters as memorials: one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah." Peter's and this is the thing. We talk about Peter and laugh at him a lot because he always says what's the first thing on his mind. But Peter was very sincere in what he said and was very, you know, honest, you know what I mean, and authentic. And in verse 60, because this he said this because he didn't really know what else to say, for they were all terrified. Now, watch this. uh, Verse seven. Then a cloud overshadowed them and a voice from the cloud said, this is my dearly loved son. Listen to him. Suddenly, when they looked around, Moses and Elijah was gone, and they only saw Jesus with them. As they went back down the mountain, he told them not to tell anyone what they had seen until the Son of Man had risen from the dead. Which, again, when we talk about the way that things were written and when they were written, you got to remember, like, this book was not written in real time, like following around. As a matter of fact, Mark wasn't even one of the disciples. He was getting stories, right? And so, uh, and and so, and so, obviously, after Jesus rose from the dead, this story was what shared. Verse ten. So they kept it to themselves, but they often asked each other what he meant by rising from the dead. Again, don't you know? It's, it's interesting, and because we see ourselves in this, where we will pray for something, we get confirmation, or God will say something, and then it's like, well, I'm going to wait for another confirmation, and then God will say, "Say, Chris was laughing because this is her thing," and then when God speaks again, like, ah. I'm gonna wait for another confirmation. I'm gonna wait for another confirmation. They have all he Jesus already explained to them, and I believe it was in our last Bible study that I that I am going to be captured, I'm going to be killed, but don't worry. After three days, I'm going to rise again. And here, when Jesus says, Don't tell anybody about this until I rise from the dead, they're like, What is he talking about? And remember, when he was caught, captured, and killed, they went into hiding. They ran, even though he said to them that this is going to happen. And in our own lives, so many times we can either, God will either, you know, hip us to something or give us a little, uh, hey, I'm going to give you this nudge. This is going to happen. Or, hey, don't worry if this happens. Don't worry about these people. Don't worry about that. Um, I'm with you. And, and, and we hear it. But then, listen, we hear it, but then going through it is something totally different. We hear it. We understand it. We've prayed about it. We poured oil on us. We told the pastor about it. We told the women's fellowship about it. We told the men's fellowship about it. We told our prayer partners about it. We got online for a Zoom prayer, and we told the people in the chat in the Zoom prayer about it. We did all this stuff, and we, and we, say, and we and say we feel fine about it, but then going through it is something different. 
and 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 we have to we have to remember that watch this that 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 when we go through things remember wasn't it jesus who told peter that the enemy desires to sift you as wheat but i have prayed for you that your faith fails not so that as you go through these things as your emotion goes up and down and your confidence goes up and your confidence goes down that even if those things go up and down that your faith does not does not fail that you know what what the song said before we started god is able to do just what he said he will do right and so no matter what i feel no matter what it looks like my faith will not fail it's amazing to me that jesus said to peter that you that the enemy is trying to get you he said but but g i see you brian he says but jesus says i have prayed for you peter Come on, somebody. And don't forget, the Bible says that we have an intercessor between us and the Father, Jesus himself, praying for uh, interceding on our behalf. Dale, do you know that Jesus prays and, and, is, and is speaking to the Father on your behalf daily? I'm thankful because I don't know about Carla. I don't know about Jason. I don't know about Natalie. I need Jesus interceding for me daily, okay? That's what the Bible says, that Jesus, every, I see that, Carla, every day, Jesus interceding for, he says, Peter, I am praying for you because the enemy is looking to sift you as we, he says, but I pray that your faith does not, what? That your faith does not fail. And so, uh, and so here they go. Uh, he says, what do you mean by rising from the dead? Then, uh, then uh, verse 11, then they asked him, why do the, relig- the teachers of religious law insist that Elijah must return before the Messiah comes? Jesus responded, Elijah is indeed coming first to get everything ready. Why do the scriptures say that the son of man must suffer greatly and be treated with utter contempt? He says, but I tell you, Elijah has already come and they chose to abuse him just as the scriptures predicted. Verse 14, maybe what we'll do one Bible study is kind of break break that whole thing, just for, even from the mountain of transfiguration all the way down to here. I think I may take some time to kind of go through um, all that uh, in a later Bible study. Uh, Verse 14, when they returned to the other disciples, they saw a large crowd surrounding them. Some teachers of religious law were arguing with them. Here they go. Started when we talked about this. Ain't it funny how how you can all you know even when you mind your own business, doing what you're supposed to do, trouble sometimes have a way of finding you, right? So they argue with them. Verse 15. When the crowd saw Jesus, they were overwhelmed with awe and they ran to greet him. What is all this arguing about? Jesus says. Verse 17. One of the men in the crowd spoke up and said, "Teacher, I brought my son so you could heal him. He is possessed by an evil spirit that won't let him talk." And whenever the spirit seizes him, it throws him violently on the ground. He foams at the mouth and grinds his teeth and become rigid. So I asked your disciples to cast out the evil spirit, but they couldn't do it. All right, here we go. Jesus said to them, you faithless people, how long must I be with you? How long must I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. So they brought they brought uh, so they brought uh, the boy. And when the evil spirit saw Jesus, it threw the child into a violent convulsion and he fell to the ground, writhing and foaming from the mouth. How long has this been happening? Jesus asked the boy's father. He replied, since he was a little boy. The spirit often uh, the spirit often throws him into the fire or into water trying to kill him. Have mercy on us and help us. What he says, if you can. Verse 23, Jesus says, what do you mean if I can? Anything is possible if what? If a person believes. My goodness, my goodness. He says, anything is possible if what? A person believes believes remember coming up pretty soon i don't know if it's going to be the next the next uh 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 uh, time that i teach we're going to do something about this whole belief thing i talked about it two weeks ago in bible study we're going to talk about this he says anything what do you mean if i can anything is possible if a person what believes we talk listen somebody may need to write that down as one of your verses you know uh uh, mark 9 23 anything is possible 
if a person believes and say that to yourself over and over. when doubt comes in, when fear comes in, when anxiety about a certain situation comes in, when you're starting to think, well, I'm this, no, anything is possible. If what? If a person believes the father instantly cried out, watch this. I do believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. And that sounds I see that, Natalie. And that sounds like like a contradictory statement, but it's not. Because how many times do we believe? But at the same time, it's like, I believe, but man, <laughs> I'm on the edge because it's hard. It's hard because we look at the situation. And, and now remember, this, this man's son has been dealing with this since the day he was born, since he was a little boy. And so the father has seen this and dealt with this multiple times a day, day after day, situation after situation, circumstance after circumstance. And it's been a long time. Like, I believe, I believe, but I'm going to need a little bit of help with my unbelief. That's saying, I believe what you're saying, but there's something else wrestling inside of me that is doubting this thing. And I'll be honest, we all we all go through that. At least I do. I, well, you know, I don't know what y'all go through. I know Diamond is really, really, really holy. I'm me. God, God is still working on me. And so it's like, and it's like, I believe, but Lord, you have to help my unbelief. I believe it can happen. I believe you can do it. I've been praying you can do it. I'm trying. I'm, my faith is not going to, I am believing I'm walking by faith, but man, I'm telling you, there is still something inside of me that doesn't believe, but listen to what this man says. I do believe. And then he asks, what help me overcome my unbelief. Man, what if what <laughs> what if what if we what if we, that was part of our prayer too? That in our prayer time we're like, Lord, help me overcome this doubt. Help me overcome my unbelief. Help me overcome my skepticism. Help me overcome always having something negative to think or to say when I'm trying to believe. It's like I want to believe this, and I do believe it. But Lord, you made me. You know my inner thoughts. You know my heart. You know that there's something inside of here that always got something to say when I'm trying to believe. Please help my unbelief. And the beautiful thing about this is where and where we can find comfort is that is that is that Jesus, watch this. Jesus totally understands and has room for our wishy-washiness. <laughs> he, he gets it. He gets it. He gets it. This man says, he says, I I believe, but help my unbelief. That's why when Jesus said, I'm leaving, but I'm going to, I'm, but I'm not going to leave you here by, by yourselves. I'm going to send what? The Holy Spirit. I'm going to send the comforter. And they're going to lead and guide you into all truths. Because if we had to do it without it, <laughs> good luck. Good luck. Good luck. So let's see. Um, verse 25. When Jesus saw the crowd of onlookers uh, was growing, he rebuked the evil spirit. Listen, you spirit that makes this boy unable to hear and speak. He said, I command you to come out of this child and never enter him again. Then the spirit screamed and threw the boy into another violent convulsion and left him. The boy appeared to be dead. A murmur ran throughout the crowd as people said, he's dead. But Jesus took him by the hand, helped him to his feet, and he stood up. Afterwards, and by the way, what's the lesson there? You can't always go by what people think a situation is. They may look at you, uh, uh, Karen. They may look at Brian, look at Keith, and, they, and they've already judged the situation. He's dead. There's nothing coming out of that. That's done. Uh, she'll never make anything of herself. You know, Tanya's never going to be able to get out. She'll never get over that. Uh, Keith's never going to be. And it, they, so they all looked around. Jesus did his thing. And they all look around and say, oh, he's dead. That boy's dead. It's over. People don't. People will talk even when they don't know what they're talking about. Yep. People will talk and people will say something even when they have no clue what they're talking about. And, and the last thing we need to do, Jason, is listen to people who have no clue what they're talking about. 
Do not base your next move. Do not base your belief system. Do not base anything you're doing, Brian, on people who have no clue what they're talking about. Jesus didn't even address them. <laughs> he just reached down to the boy, took him by his hand and helped him up. Uh-huh, uh-huh. The Noah situation, that's right. That's right, that's right, Crystal. Uh, yeah, that's right, Carla. That's right. And so, thinking, you know, people will get you to think that you're not worthy, right, of God's grace. And that's what's so funny, of God's grace, of God's mercy, of God's goodness. And the crazy thing about people trying to make you feel like you don't deserve it is the fact that no one actually deserves it. It's free. It's a gift. It's not merit-based. There's nothing we can do to deserve God's grace. All right. Jesus didn't even address them. He just walked over to the boy, took him by the hand, helped him up, and then he stood up. Afterward, when Jesus was alone in the house of the disciples, they asked him, well, how come we couldn't cast out that evil spirit? Because remember, he sent them out, remember? And they were doing that stuff. They were, they were casting out spirits. Jesus replied, this kind can, uh, this, this, uh, kind can be cast out only by what? By prayer. And that's another thing that I'm going to highlight that we're going to get to. We got a lot of stuff we got to go deeper in when we uh, in the book of Mark. Okay, verse 30. Leaving that region, remember, it's a book of action. Leaving that region, they traveled through Galilee. Jesus didn't want anyone to know he was there, for he wanted to spend more time with his disciples and teach them. He said to them, the Son of Man is going to be betrayed. So here he is explaining this to them again. He says, the Son of Man is going to be betrayed into the hands of the enemies. He will be killed, but three days later, he will rise from the dead. They didn't understand what he was saying. However, they were afraid to ask him, you know, what he meant. Verse 33, after they arrived to Capernaum, uh, to Capernaum and settled in a house, Jesus asked his disciples, what were you discussing on the road? But they didn't want to ask, uh, they didn't want to answer because they were arguing about which one of them was the greatest. His pride, his status, his air. And look, don't we laughing. Uh, uh, we go through the same thing here. We go through the same thing present day with believers in the church. Status, title, who's the greatest? Who's the this? Who's the that? And who's got, yeah, and all of it means nothing. All of it means nothing. And so they're sitting there arguing, but they didn't want to tell Jesus. And so what they were arguing about, because what they knew what they argued about was stupid and foolish. Verse 35, he sat down and called the 12 disciples over to them. He said, and so they didn't tell him, but he knew anyway. All right. But he knew anyway. So they didn't say anything to him. He sat down, called them over, and it says, whoever wants to be first, here we go. Y'all want to know who's first? Whoever wants to be first must take last place and be a servant of everyone else. Okay. Do we understand that? <laughs> that's the that's one of the impact creeds. <laughs> whoever wants to be first, and we did a we did a whole lesson on this. Whoever wants to be first must take last place and be a servant of everyone else. Watch this. Then he put a little child among them, taking the child in his arms, he said, Anyone who welcomes a little child like this on my behalf welcomes me. And anyone who welcomes me, uh, who anyone who welcomes me, uh, not only, uh, not, uh, excuse me, uh, on my behalf welcomes me. And anyone who welcomes me welcomes not only me, but also welcomes my father who sent me. I'll read that again. Verse 37. Anyone who welcomes a little child like this on my behalf welcomes me. And anyone who welcomes me uh, welcomes not only me, but also welcomes my father who sent me. Okay, so he says, what, you got to be, uh, you want to be first, try being last, serve everybody, and whoever welcomes a child. Now, remember, we, we don't really talk about this a, a ton, and maybe I should dive deeper into this um, uh, at a different point. Remember when this was said and when it was written in people's places in society, when we talk about even with women's places in society and, and a widow, 
think about how vulnerable and uh, you know children were at that time you know what i mean and, and what it represents when he talks about anyone who welcomes this child you think you know back in the day it was be seen and not heard what do you think it was then and so we'll talk a little bit about that we'll go a little deeper um uh, we ha- when we have some time verse 38 john said to jesus teacher uh uh we saw someone using uh using your name here we go watch this my crew my my people our people my circle my church my building he says we saw someone using uh, your name to cast out demons but we told him to stop because he wasn't in our group (laughs) there we go Uh uh-huh wasn't a part of our church wasn't on our you know wasn't in it wasn't not a member of impact you're not a member of you know you know uh first united you know presbyterian of you know uh upper marlboro this and that he was a member of our group, so we told him, "You can't, you can't do that in Jesus' name because you're not a part. You're not with us." And watch, we, this is the squad. That's right. That's right. You're talking about the click. Even the disciples were like, "You're not a part of us. You can't cast out demons." And now, watch it. Now, remember, they just got rebuked by Jesus because they couldn't cast out the demon from the boy. Then they mad because somebody else is casting out demons, and he ain't part of the group. Uh huh. Yep. 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 <laughs> all right yeah it's amazing how we can read this bible and we see present day drama played out even back then it's amazing there are people who think you know that their church has has you know what quote-unquote worship and 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 you know gospel or whatever it like this is this is this is what it is nobody else get it right nobody else got the real stuff we do and, and it's amazing to me the competition that happens between between churches that is totally and, and God and the crazy thing is God looks down and He doesn't even look at it that way. He just sees all of His children. We make it so disconnected, man, and so like in a box. That's why, like you know, at Impact, you can be a member of Impact, you can be a member of any other church. I don't, you know, it doesn't bother me. We're all members of the body of Christ, and so you join Impact and you like to teach it and you want to serve and stuff like that, and then you go to another church because you like this. I don't care as long as people's pastors don't call me, you know, with drama. I don't. It doesn't bother. It doesn't bother me. Like, why are you so threatened by? It? Like, they're getting the word from anyway. It doesn't matter. Like this past Sunday, we didn't have church. If you, I hope you went to church, or maybe you went online, or you watched television. I was. I watched Joe Osteen and TD Jake Sunday. I didn't have church on Sunday. All right, so here's what Jesus says in response. Verse 39, let me get off that. I don't have Sierra on the line to control me. Tell me to stop. Verse 39, uh, Jesus says, this is what he told the disciples. Don't stop him, Jesus says. No one who performs a miracle in my name will soon be able to speak uh, uh, evil of me. Anyone who is not against us is for us. If anyone gives you even a cup of water because you belong to the Messiah, I tell you the truth, that person will surely be rewarded. 42, but if you cause one of these little ones who trust in me to fall into sin, it would be better for you to be thrown into the sea with a large millstone hung around your neck. If your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. It is better to enter into eternal life with only one hand than to go into unquenchable fires of hell with two hands. If your foot causes you to sin, cut it off. It is better to be in eternal life with only one foot than to be thrown into hell with two feet. And if your eye causes you to sin, gouge it out. It's better to enter into the kingdom of God with only one eye than to have two eyes and to be thrown into hell where the maggots never die and the fire never goes out. All right, here we go. Verse 49, and we'll stop here. For everyone for everyone uh, will be tested with fire. Salt is good for seasoning, but if it loses its flavor, how do you make it salty again? You must have the qualities of salt among yourselves to live in peace with each other. 
All right, y'all, we're going to finish it right there.